Welcome back to another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and I've waited for today's conversation for a very long time. I'm with a guest who I met technically 10 years ago. I've heard this, speak, heard this guy speak three or four times, um, once in front of an audience of 15,000 people. Truly believe that today he's one of the top keynote speakers in the world. I believe he's one of the top coaches in the world, certainly one of the best authors. Uh, he's the author of the book, In Awe, and wrote another book called On Fire. If you're not familiar with those two books, check them out. Uh, but he's also a nationally recognized thought leader. And I'm going to go as far as to say he is one of the most inspirational people that walks planet Earth today. And uh, it's not just the event. It's not what happened to him, but it's how he's handled his adversity. He's a man of faith. He's a family man. This guy is lighting the world on fire. One moment, one conversation, one person at a time. And uh, it is with great honor that I welcome my new friend, uh, John O'Leary, to the podcast. John, thank you for being with us. To be on with a friend, Jordan, is a delight, man. So thanks for bringing me on. Well, we, we've waited, like I said, um, for a long time to have this conversation with you. We're going to go deep today. We're going to talk about faith and family, overcoming adversity. Um, I've been telling your story for a long time, and I don't want to spoil anything for our listeners. Of course, I know your story intimately. Many people listening know your story intimately, but some don't. And we don't want to assume that anyone knows anything. So if you would, John, maybe take us back to your childhood. There was this real um, radical kind of crazy event in your life that, that completely changed the trajectory of your life and also changed uh, the lives of many people around you. Um, could you take us back to when you were a little boy at nine years old? Um, would you do that? I do. Uh, absolutely. And one thing I've noticed in traveling the country, 50 states and the world, a couple dozen countries in, in sharing the message I'm about to deliver with you is every single audience member I've ever met has their own story. And so I just, as everybody's listening right now, whether they're driving somewhere, working out, or just you know, sitting poolside, whatever it might be, uh, just imagine yourself going through this story. Cause I think everybody's got a terrific story. Our job then ultimately is to embrace it and then ultimately utilize it in service of those around us. And we've been blessed to do exactly that. At, at age nine, I saw boys in my neighborhood playing with fire and gasoline and not, you know, I'm nine, they're 11. I assume Jordan, if these kids could do that and get away with it, me too, man, me too. So that weekend, my dad's at work. Like many of your listeners, he's a business owner. He runs a small firm. My mom's out with two sisters. The house was all mine. Walked into the garage, bent over a can of gasoline, five gallons. That's like, you know, they say it's equivalent to like five sticks of dynamite, essentially. I light a piece of cardboard, try to pour a little bit on top before the liquid even comes out. The fumes come out of this can. It creates this profoundly massive explosion, splits the can in two, and then it launches me 20 feet against the far side of the garage, trapping me in this garage. I'm covered in gasoline. I'm on fire. The garage is on fire. And when we were little, listeners, if I haven't yet rocked you to sleep, not, not, engage with me. When we were little, we were taught what to do when we're on fire. What are we supposed to do? Everybody yell it out right now. Jordan, you too. What are you, what are you supposed to do? You roll, right? You roll. That's right, baby. Yeah. You stop and you drop and you roll. Easy. So easy. But what do you do actually when you're on fire? You run. Panic, man. And you run and you freak out and all this training for you real estate leaders and you insurance leaders and you business owners and you married couples and you single folks and you Christian leaders. Like, all this head knowledge goes immediately out the window when life blows up. Which, which is important to hear because we've got to make sure the training in life, whatever that's focused toward, is not just head knowledge, not just knowing the next thing to do, but always attached and connected down to our heart. The, the two 
they've got to become one. It's got to be an undivided way of living life. And so in part, our mission in today is to make sure that people's training is not only head level, but connected down to the heart, undivided. Mm-hmm. That, that day for me, though, it was, it was separate and separate's not equal. So I panicked and I ran and it, Jordan, you know, the story, man, I, I ran on fire through the flames. And as a little boy, I ended up ultimately with burns on 100% of my body, 87% were third degree and I'm dying. Well, I, uh, I know that, um, your story has reached a lot of people. And to your point, John, I think everybody has a story of adversity and, and I, I love that you invite people into that story. Um, but many people also have a story of overcoming. And you have a story of overcoming. And I, I want you to take us back to, you, you tell the story of the two doctors. Hmm. I love this story. Um, so you're on your journey of recovery. Your parents are with you and, and you meet these two different doctors and they were, they were both distinctly different. And this was sort of, I think, the start of your, your journey, right, in, in recovery after this really tragic event. Could you invite us into that story as well? You, you, you've done your homework because I, I really seldom share this story. So it's a, you, you unpack some... Uh, some stories to get to this one. And I'm grateful you did because it's, it's a cool thing in particular for us in business or in relationship or singleness, or as we live out our faith or, or don't, it's important to recognize the power of your perspective and how it influences not only your life, but the world itself. Like it's a really big deal. And so often we give away our perspective to Biden or Trump or Afghanistan or Haiti or the next storm warning or a neighbor's opinion of our car or whatever else it might be. And yet this story, I hope will remind you Dude, it's yours. It, it, it is yours. Don't give that away freely. You own your piece of this thing. So after getting burned and coming into hospital and being treated beautifully by my mom and dad with so much grace and love, and then the doctors and the nurses and volunteers, and then five and a half months of recovery, this little guy with seemingly on the front side, no chance of surviving goes home from the hospital. So it took a long time, almost half a year, but I come home changed. And part of that change was I'm in a wheelchair at that point. Part of that change was I had scars from my neck to my toes. And part of that change was my fingers had been amputated. So my, my mom and dad in trying to guide me forward had done some research on this physician based in Ohio. I'll leave it broad, but he's in Ohio and he does this radical surgery, Jordan, where they cut into the webbing of the hands to kind of carve out fingers where there weren't fingers previously. Like, that's awesome. So we read about this. There's a phone call about this. We drive six and a half hours. I'm a St. Louis guy. We drive to Ohio. We come and we visit this gentleman. And what I remember most about this, this conversation is he would talk about me, but he never once spoke with me. For those of us in sales, there, there is a difference here. He looked toward me, but never like with me and at me. He poked and prodded on me, but he never really touched me. There was no intimacy whatsoever. And so at the end of this hour consult, my dad says, doc, what do you think about my boy? What do you think about his hands? What do you think about the prospect of the surgery? And this doctor looks at me first for the first time. And then he looks at my dad and he goes, well, Denny, if your son was a horse, I would shoot him. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nine-year-old boy hearing this caretaker tell my dad and my mom and me, if I chose to listen, that if I was a lesser creature, he would have taken me out behind the shed and put me down. So, so that is one way to look at work and to look at challenge and to look at boys that have been burned and to look at adversity in our lives or to look at life itself as, as less than in one way or another. And if the story ends there, like, oh, dude, that's really sad. Sorry, John, it's, it's a hard life you've lived. 
but the cool thing, and you, you set it up in the question is that there were two doctors. So that's the first one. The second one is closer to home. And the second one is the one we ought to follow in life, in particular in the divisions we face right now as a society with race and gender and politics. You're either a Democrat or you're Republican. You're with me or you're against me. All this garbage, all this divisiveness that we've built up, the perspective we've chosen to view our lives and the other lives with. So I, I want you to come alongside me as we meet this other doctor. His name was Carlos Papillardo. He was born in Italy. He got his medical training in Chile. He spent some time in Argentina before he eventually came up to practice medicine in the United States. So he's a well-traveled guy. I'm a nine-year-old boy when I meet him for the first time. Uh, I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, he makes us wait for a little bit, like 15 minutes in the waiting room. Eventually, though, the, the, the door opens up, Jordan, and this guy comes in. He's got a file in front of him, and he's singing in Italian. Okay. Like I, as your <laughs> listeners now know, I barely have a grasp of English, so I don't have a clue what this dude is singing. I just know it's like joyful. Like if, for those of us who travel the world, like even if you don't know what they're singing, like you can tell if it's like, Oh, it's a sad song or joy filled. This yeah. guy's song is like just packed with joy. And he's coming into this room. He's looking at the file. He doesn't know we're there. I don't think he sets the file down, still singing, opens it up reads a little bit, and then he shuts the file, claps his hands loud at the desk and says toward the wall, what luck is this? Has it come to pass that today is the day I get to meet the miracle boy himself, John O'Leary? What luck is this? He claps his hands again at his desk. He opens up the folder he puts it in front of his eyes, stands up from the desk, starts singing again and walks out. And the, the door closes. <laughs> My mom and dad and I look at each other like, what, what was this? And then a moment, <laughs> a moment later, and sales leaders pay attention. This might be a cool way to set yourself apart, man. Don't even make eye contact. Just call, come into the coffee shop singing. A moment later, the door opens up. This gentleman peeks his head around like a, like a child caught doing something wrong, right? Peeks his head around, doesn't look at my mom, doesn't look at my dad. He looks at the person that day that actually matters, the nine-year-old child in a wheelchair. And he says, oh my gosh, were you here the whole time? And dude, I, I take the bait, man. I'm on morphine. I'm a kid. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So I, I take the bait. I nod my head and he goes, I am so embarrassed. My name is Carlos Papalardo. I'm a doctor. Can I shake your hand? And I nod my head. This gentleman, dude, I'm mean, not getting emotional because I don't tell this story often, like three times, maybe ever. Uh, he walks over to me and he kneels. You talk about humility and in a marketplace that seldom shows it. In fact, we admire people that don't show it. The more grandiose, the more bravado they show, the more respect they got, man. This man kneels in front of a child, bows his head, takes my hands with both of his in front of his, and he shakes my hand and he says, my name is Carlos Papalardo. Are you the miracle boy? Are you John O'Leary? And I said, I guess I've never been called a miracle boy, but I am John. And with that, he starts unpacking the story. He talks about what I've been through. He talks about the two dozen surgeries. He talks about, oh, I bet it was hard when you woke up and the fingers were missing. And I said, oh, it, it was hard. It still is hard. So we start talking about the surgery that he wants to do. And by the end of it, an hour and a half in, my dad says, doc, what do you think about my son? What do you think about the prospects of the surgery? 
And the doctor looks at me and he smiles. And then he looks at my dad and he goes, Denny, when I see John's hands, I see something as beautiful as an Italian sunset. When I see those hands, I see something as beautiful as an Italian sunset. So maybe the question some people are thinking right now is why would Jordan even ask that question? Because if you read the papers, they're going to tell you that your life and your neighbor's life and Afghanistan and Haiti and the marketplace and COVID-19 and the Democratic Party, certainly if you watch Fox last night or the Republican Party, if you watch CNN or MSNBC, these are dogs. These are horses that need to be put down. But there is another way to view it. Your faith lens tells you this. There's another way to remind you that, yeah, it's broken, but it is good. Yeah, it's challenging, but God is still God. And the best days remain in front of us. So what, what I witnessed in action as a child was the power of perspective. One, this grandiose bravado who saw everything as a negative to be celebrated. And this is what the media does today. This is what politicians have done for generations. Don't blame this on Biden. Do not blame this on Trump. It's been going on a lot longer than that. But there's another way to do it. And if you're looking for change to come from the White House, you're looking in the wrong place. And if you're waiting for change to come from Jefferson City or Springfield or whatever, whatever Sacramento for our friends in California today, yeah, we need to recall, fine, but you won't find it there. The change you seek takes place at home. It takes place not from a politician, but it takes place in your heart. It takes place by looking deeply into the mirror and deciding what kind of life you want to live going forward. That is not Trump's call. It is not Biden's decision. It's not what's happening in Afghanistan or anywhere else. This happens when you do the hard work of making sure that you take the next right step forward in your life. And here's the awesome thing. And then I'll be quiet. It will not only utterly transform your experience throughout the day, which is good. That's called success. It will utterly transform the life of those who are lucky enough to do life with you personally, professionally, spiritually, relationally, in any area of life that you bump into them. You are called leaders to be the doctor that sees hands as beautiful as an Italian sunset to have a glass of wine and toast high and celebrate together. That's your calling. Amen. Amen. I just want to challenge our listeners to go back to the last seven minutes. Uh, number one, listen to it again, and then share that with somebody that you know, somebody that you care about. It was so beautiful, John, how you unpacked that. And at the top of our conversation, you know, offline before we started recording, you and I were talking about, you know, just who John O'Leary is. And, and I, I said, I said, you know, I, your, your brand is sort of, you know, live inspired and it's about inspiration, but I think it's also about perspective. You have this beautiful perspective. And one of the things that you said recently in a podcast that just really touched me is you were talking about leadership, you know, and don't look to the white house, but look at your house. Mm. And I love the way that you lead your family. You know, I, I just love the way that you lead your kids and the way that you talk about your family. So uh, lovingly and, and glowingly. And I know that you believe that real leadership starts within the walls of your home. And um, I also heard this story about a really special day that you spent with your dad and this is probably, again, not a story that you tell often, but um, you, you just had this six-hour day with him that was really, really special. And that touched me. And it made me think about my relationship with my father. And someone needs to hear this today. Someone needs to hear um, this, this story of, of just you hanging out with your dad. Would you mind shedding some light on, on that? Dude, so like I'm an easy cry. Uh, like usually a good dog food commercial will trigger tears for me. You know, <laughs> if kibble and bits and the dogs come and then, oh, not, no, not puppies. Damn it. Like, I'm done, dude. So uh, I, I am, I'm a weak man, but I've read somewhere that the shortest verse in scripture is he wept. And if that is true, maybe it's not weakness, but strength. 
And, and maybe rather than trying to mask up and, and, and show our machism on how tough we are and put together and buttoned up we are and how perfectly the tie fits, maybe, maybe it's okay from time to time to undo the tie and just be real. So uh, yes, I, I learned that not from the Hallmark channel, but from my dad, who the story you're asking about. And just as a setup to this story, my, like my dad <clears> is my hero. You know, he's a business owner. He's, he's a military guy. He's uh, driven, but humble. He's uh, goal oriented, but incredibly faithful. He became successful, but never tracked his wealth. Like not, not as if it mattered. He just, you know, it was what it was. And then he lost all that when he got Parkinson's disease. So although he'd done a whole lot of things appropriately financially, and I know we have advisors tuning in and, and you know, brokers tuning in and Northwestern Mutual guys and a whole lot of other folks who might sell insurance. My, my dad was doing all the right stuff, except at age 41, you don't expect to get Parkinson's disease. So he gets this, he loses his job. He, he begins to slowly peel back the wealth and now he's got nothing. And um, he no longer can stand he can no longer you know, shower by himself. So that's, it requires a little humility to have your kids help you with that. He can no longer do the things we all, I would imagine most of us take for granted. And, and yet he's just so joyful. Uh, he's the most passionate guy about life I've ever met. He's a good dude. He's grateful for what he's got and he never complains, but he's struggling mightily today. And so recently, and it, it's been an ongoing story. And I've had a lot of these experiences recently with my dad, but recently my mom had a meeting. It was going to be a six that she goes to Bible study on Tuesdays. So I got to come in and, and serve my dad and just kind of hang with him, have breakfast, lunch, and then tap out about three o'clock when mom got back. And it, it was in the midst of, of a really busy season for me professionally. Uh, so like I, I'm lying like on Monday night, I was, I always plan out the day the following day. And so I've got all this stuff planned and the newsletter I want to write and the podcast I want to prepare for. And I got a speech on Thursday. That's brand new content. So I've got to write this stuff out and calls I got to make. But on that morning before I left home and I, I just left the laptop bag on purpose and I left all the work behind and drove out with a couple donuts and two coffees and just hung with my dad for breakfast and then we hung out, you know, throughout those morning hours and we went out on the screen porch and just kind of visited and we don't talk because he can't, but he can hang and he can communicate in ways that words never could. And then eventually I go out and I pick him up some barbecue. That's always his favorite meal. So, you know, now we come back and he's spilling barbecue all over him and we're laughing about that, but we're hanging, man. I'm hanging with my dad. And Dude, I don't know how much time I have with my dad, but here's the thing, neither do you and neither does any listener. Like no one, no one has a clue how long you have with a spouse, a friend, a child, a parent, or the reflection in the mirror. And we, we get busy and we do the unimportant and we check social media and we do all this garbage that ultimately has no bearing on real life. And on that day when I was so prepped to get my life ready, to do the right work, to get ahead, to uh, set new goals and create new, great, phenomenal content. I think I did the better, which was to do none of it and just to be present. You know, I, I know you're a faithful guy and Jesus is all, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a Bible scholar or a scripture scholar, but I noticed that the, the vast majority of the miracles he do, he does takes place outside of the marketplace. It takes place outside yes. of church, if you will. Mm. It takes place in the ordinary of life. It takes place also frequently when they're moving in one direction and then they make a right-hand turn and none of the boys, none of the, the 12, like, whoa, 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 we're supposed to go that way. And he's like, whoa, whoa, we're going to go right, boys. 
Come on, let's go. Mm. And so it's about paying attention, not to where you thought you wanted to go next, but to where you feel like you're called to go next. And so that that's part of the wisdom that I think Jesus models in his, in his mission work. But I think in, in our own lives, some of the greatest days we've had professionally and personally weren't the days we planned out. They're the days we thought we had planned until we got the flat tire. And then we did things we totally weren't ready for. So I just encourage folks to be open to to doing the unexpected and rather than doing so with your arms crossed angry about it because you you began the question by talking about perspective mm. man own own your piece of it uncross those arms open up your heart and then just shut your eyes and step then, mm. then take the next step keep your, keep those eyes shut though and keep stepping watch what happens and, and final thing watch what happens as you do this personally in your professional journey I, I, i've been blown away in my life the more i say yes to just serving out of passion, out of like, that's the right call. That's what I want to do. The more remarkable things show up in my life professionally. I don't, I don't, I don't give to get, but I've always, always found that the more I give, the more I get. And I, I can't outgive God and neither can you. Yes. Amen. Amen. This is so good. And what I love about what you bring to the table, John, and, and who you are is you just tell stories, but you tell stories that people can relate to and connect with. And, and, I want to say this to you because um, it's our podcast. We can say this, right? It's our conversation. You shine a light uh, uh, and it's, it's the light of Jesus. I mean, you, you really share the love of Christ everywhere that you go. And I just, I want to point that out. I just, um, I think someday, you know, God's going to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. I just, I believe that about your life, man. So I just, I want to, I want to speak that over you and I just want to continue to encourage you. And I want to, I want to sneak two more stories in because we got a hard stop today. There's a story. I'm not going to let you talk about your dad without also talking about your mom. I know your mom's a really special person in your life. And she, um, she asked you a question. Actually, you asked her a question and then she responded with a question Yeah. Um, in one of your darkest days. And, and I think your question was something to the effect of, you know, mom, am, am I going to live? And you have this really powerful exchange. Could you invite us into that story? Absolutely. So again, dude, I, I, I so appreciate that you've done your homework. I had a, a podcast with a very big podcast host and I will not name drop, but I, a big enough deal that they had to fly you out to wherever this, this person does the recording. And uh, when he shook my hand, he was surprised that I had no fingers. And then he's like, what, what happened? I, so you talk about having no idea. Yeah. This dude had no clue. And that's fine. Like sometimes it's good to like kind of learn the story mm-hmm. together. And sometimes it's good to have a little bit of a little bit of recon done because then you can cut through some of the bowl. Like, so you got burned. Like what, what, what what happened there? What were you thinking, dude? How dumb were you at age nine? So you get to move through that stuff and really talk about the heart of the story, which is faith. And it is hope and it is perspective and it is great parenting and it is great love. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for doing the work you've done, Jordan. My dad is, tied on Mount Rushmore. I've got two pictures currently carved. And although my wife, you know, her, she's right up there as well, but my mom is also right up there with, with my dad and, and, you know, she's just a good lady, but she wasn't ready for the day I was burned. I don't think anybody can be, but she had no military training. She had no healthcare training. You don't prep yourself to pull back a curtain when you are a mother of six and see one of your four kids, one of your six kids with burns on hundred percent of their body no clothes on, no skin on, dying. You don't, you, you don't get ready for that in, in parent training. And this amazing, faithful, beautiful, humble servant walks in. She takes my right hand in hers, Jordan, and she just starts patting my bald head. 
like, you know, the, dude, a mother's, I hope everybody listening today had like the, the, the loving appropriate touch of a mother growing up or a father or a guardian, somebody, because you know, it's different than anybody else's the way they push back your bangs, the way when you have a fever, they somehow can feel your forehead with the back of their hand. And they're like, I think it's 101 and a half. Like, I don't know how moms do that, but they, yeah. they do. they're amazing. That's my mom. And so this time there are no bangs to push back because they've been burned off but she's still feeling my little face. She's still taking my hand, even though it's crumbled up in hers. And she tells me she loves me. And that's so comforting. But I also was a little bit intimidated that day because I realized like, wow, I must really be in trouble. So I said to her, mom, am I going to die? You know, just like, mom, am I going to die? And when I asked the question, I knew the answer was going to be no, honey. Like, but wh who told you that? We're going to get you out of here today. But instead this brilliant, courageous, loving, by the way, love is not soft. A lot of us attribute the word love, like you know, puppy dogs and ponytails, not at all. Love is in the gospel. Love is on a cross. That that's yeah. love, man. It is yeah. so hard. It is so rare. My mother shows up as love. She looks me in the eyes and she says to me, baby, do you want to die? Do you want to die? It's your choice. It's not mine. And I said, mom, I, I don't want to die. I want, I want to live. And her response was good then look at me. You take the hand of God, you walk the journey with him and you fight like you never fought before. She said, your father and I will be with you, John, every step along the way, but no, look at me. You got to take the hand of God. You got to walk every single step with him and you've got to fight like you've never fought before. And Jordan, the date was January 17th, 1987. Uh, from that moment on, I never once wondered if I would live or die. I, I basked in the love and in the grace of God. And I took my mother at her word. Like if I fought and if I remained in God's love, we, we had this thing. We didn't know how long it would take or what it might require or what we might lose along the way, but we knew the outcome. Yeah. And I just hope your listeners right now, what, whatever they're dealing with, that same awesome quote plays in your world too. Like yes. listen, work is hard. Singleness is hard. Addiction is hard driving toward dreams, hard, doing life in, in the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, hard, uh, but maybe not as hard as everybody claims, but, but it is hard, but it is hard dealing with the global pandemic. Hard. All this stuff is hard. So how do we weather it? Take the hand of God, walk the journey with him, but dude, lady, friend, fight like you never fought yes. before. Yes. That's what we did then. It's what we've been doing for 33 years. Such a good word. I, I love it. And yes, and amen. Yes. And amen, brother. I, I love that story. And I love the way that you honor the people in your life that have served you and led you and who were there for you. And we're going to, we're going to end this conversation. One final story. About can, I, can I add to that? Just when, when please, they, please. my first book is called on fire. And when the publishers, I, I won't name them, but when the New York group uh, uh, created the cover art for the book, there was a picture of John O'Leary, probably taken from the main stage where you met me 12 years ago originally. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking very, very polished. My hair is back appropriately. The tie is up tight and my arms were crossed. Looking out at the reader like, I am great. Should you choose to read this, you too shall become great. So I, I wrote back and I'm like, hey guys, do me a favor. Before you create the cover art, read the book. Because I'm not the hero of this freaking book, dude. Read the book, man. Mm -hmm. I'm a character in this thing. In some regards, uh, I'm like the slick S-U-N, the sun, and everything's kind of revolving around my story. But I'm not the hero. It is every single other person that shows up for this little boy anointed by God's hand of grace 
that showed up when they did not need to frequently, how they took the next right step forward and ultimately what they're teaching all of us today. So thank you for saying, John, thank you for honoring these people. Uh, I do because I know, like, you know, you brought on a lot of really remarkable guests onto your show. And many of them have done some remarkable things. I'm not being humble here. I'm being real. I haven't. I, I sit and kneel and crawl on the shoulders of greatness. I sit on the shoulders of giants. And then I just try to move forward alongside of them and encourage others to rise up with us and to move forward with us to do so together. So uh, it's not my story. I celebrate, man. It's all these other great people stories and ultimately how you and I can do great things too. Well, here, here's what you do, brother. Let me, let me share this. Um, you connect, you connect. That's what you do. And Craig Rochelle said it best. He said, you know, you can impress people with your strengths, but you connect to them through your weakness. And you've been using your, your weakness and your story and your journey and the adversity to connect with so many people, millions of people across the world. And, and that's what, that's the essence of John O'Leary. That's what you do well, my friend. So um, I'm going to challenge that narrative that you haven't done anything. Um, you've done a lot and it's in the way of connection and, and uh, honoring others and, and just connecting with the heart of so many people that go through stuff. Um, one final story and talk about um, honoring somebody in your journey. You've honored this guy so well. And I, I've heard you tell the story four or five times and, Every time I get a little emotional, I've already cried once listening to you today, and I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to maybe cry again here. Um, but there's a guy named Jack Buck. Uh, and if yeah. you'll bring us home just in the final few minutes here, uh, he was a guy that meant a lot to you. And um, we all deserve to have a Jack in our life. I think many of us have a Jack. And I want our listeners to think about their Jack Buck um, as you tell this story. Tell us about Jack Buck. So for the, for the, uh, the, the newbies in the room, I know you got a lot of young listeners. So you may not know the name Jack you may recognize the name Joe Buck. Joe is an NFL Hall of Famer as of just several weeks ago. He's a broadcaster. He's a baseball guy. He's called dozens of Super Bowls and I think 26 World Series. Joe Buck is a big-time announcer and a very good guy, but he was not my hero. It was his father that I loved because his dad was also a broadcaster, also a Hall of Famer, also a very good guy. But because of all those things, he was famous and wealthy and I'd never met him. How could I? I'm I'm an ordinary Midwestern kid who grew up listening to that voice and loving that voice and then getting burned on a Saturday morning uh, on January uh, and then tied down to a hospital bed that afternoon where I can't move my arms or my legs for five and a half months. That's how they treat burn patients back in the 80s. My eyes were swollen shut so I could not see. So I'm in darkness for for weeks. And then because of the lung damage being burned, I could not breathe. So they cut a hole in my neck, oxygen. Now I can breathe, but I can't talk. So I'm this little mummified boy wrapped from head to toe, swollen eyes, can't communicate, can't move, dying in pain, struggling, but I could dream. I could pray, which is healthy. I could imagine I could set goals for you sales leaders in the room and for you parents and sons and daughters, like and keep setting goals, put the paper down, throw it in the fireplace and then look forward. Well, so mom and dad keep encouraging me to set goals, to imagine what can still be. I could do all those things, but there was one more thing I could do, Jordan, and it was to listen. I could hear everything. And the day after I come into the hospital, it's a Sunday morning. The door opens up from the outside. I hear footsteps and then a chair and then a cough. And then I hear this bigger than life, robust radio announcer's voice in my room, two feet away from my ears, roaring at me. Kid, wake up, wake up. You are going to live. You are going to survive. Keep fighting. John O'Leary Day at the ballpark will make it all worthwhile. 
kid, are you listening? Did I remember like trying to nod my little nine-year-old head and he goes, good, keep fighting. And then he stands, he walks out. I learned later on, he, he started crying in the hallway. He was comforted by the staff who then explained to him that the little boy was going to die. There's just no reason for hope, obviously. And when that diagnosis comes into our career or our marriage or our singleness or addiction or a nation, Afghanistan, Haiti, where, wherever your attention is focused right now, and you're like, there is no reason for hope in this thing. Okay. When that diagnosis shows up in our life, how we choose to respond individually and collectively informs what happens next. This is just truth of life. How we choose to show up will inform what happens next. What Mr. Buck does is he takes it home. He cries, which is healthy. He prays, which is wise. And he journals, which is critical on one question. And if you have gotten no value from this program to this point, that's all right. Because here it is, man. Finally, older is going to share something worthwhile. The question he asked himself nightly for 44 years changed his life and mine. And I promise you it will change yours too. The question was, what more can I do? What more can I do to make tomorrow better than today? What more can I do to make tomorrow better than today? Uh, please don't just hear this on a podcast and hear it. Uh, wow, I can't believe the good things that came in Jack Buck's life because of that. Imagine asking this as a podcast host or as a real estate agent or as a, an entrepreneur or as a person trying to do life well. What more can I do? What more can I do? So the following day after Jack asks this question and answers that there's a little boy named John O'Leary on a Monday morning dying in a hospital bed by himself. And then the door opens up and then footsteps walk in and then a stranger, it's important you recognize I'd never met him before. And then the stranger comes back into my life a second time and says, kid, wake up, I'm back. You are going to live, you are going to survive, keep fighting. John O'Leary day at the ballpark is gonna make it all worthwhile, keep going. And then he leaves and then the following day he comes back. And then he leaves and the following day he comes back. And then he leaves in the following. This is not a transaction, sales leaders. It's not, okay, I got him. Let's go get the next whale. Uh-uh. He's not fishing here. He's doing life with people. There's a difference and we know it. This man comes into my life for five and a half months. He's at the homecoming party. He eventually takes me down at John O'Leary Day at the ballpark. He learns that evening, not only do I love baseball, but I can't stand, I can't move freely. I can't hold anything with my hands. And rather than looking down at what is wrong, he also sees what is right. He sees the joy and the hope and the faith and the love. And he takes home both the good and the bad. It's important we recognize in life. And you used the term earlier perspective. That is so good. Choose wisely because they're both real. It is a chaos in life today. And if you want to stay focused on and have at it, the media does. And by the way, when Afghanistan fades from our mirror, they will tell us what's happening in Iraq or Iran or Syria or somewhere in Africa. They will find the fire. Trust me, they always have. They've done it really well. For generations, they've been focusing on the wrong. But as Fred Rogers' mom says, hey, Fred, when something bad is happening, rather than looking at the scary things, look for the helpers because there are always helpers responding. I have a picture hanging up to my right. I can't turn this camera today, but it's a picture from 9-11. It's a picture of two towers burning. And it's a picture of a bunch of young Italian firefighters looking up, kind of like shaking their heads like. And dude and ladies, they're walking toward it. It's very easy to grab your camera, especially in this day of, of social media and capture the, the carnage. 
it is far greater. This is your calling, not always to walk into the twin towers right before they fall, but it is your calling to see the fire and move in the direction of it. Don't just say, oh, it's bad out there. No, solve, solve, make a difference, start in your own backyard. That's what Jack did. He, he solved. So the following day, he sends me a baseball. And he says, kid, if you want a second baseball, send a thank you letter to the guy who signed the first. So for the first time since being burned, I write my first thank you note. It's been eight months, but now I'm writing. Send a note to Ozzy, Ozzy Smith. A couple of days later, I got a second baseball that said, kid, if you want a third, kid, if you want a fourth, kid, if you want a fifth. 1987, Jack Buck sends me six, six zero baseballs teaching a little nobody how to write, reminding a little guy that there's, there's no such thing as a meaningless life. And I hope you all hear that today. We're more than half of us feel like we're doing life by ourselves. According to a study done by Cigna, 66% of us are doing life in isolation. This study was done in 2018 before COVID, 66% of us. The majority of millennials, and I recognize many of us are millennials listening to my voice today, feels if we have no one to share personal truth with, we, we are called to do life together. And if you're looking for a place to build relationship, step. There is need everywhere. If you're like, man, I don't know even know where to begin. Uh, become a big brother. Be, be volunteer in a hospital. Start serving in your church or synagogue. Tell, tell a group of other guys who are struggling in their business, just like you are. Hey, listen, if you ever want to get together on Fridays, maybe we can open with a prayer and then talk about work and relationship and what we learned this week and how we can do it better the next. If you feel as if there's no one else out there, it's because we're not actively reaching out to others saying, man, have you guys ever felt this way? Me too. You want to connect? I'm in. I'm in. I'll do it with you. The, the need is great. The need is great. So I encourage you all to be like Jack Buck, to seek not only the, the fires, but our opportunity to grab a fire extinguisher and do something about it. Yeah. I love um, every single piece of what you shared. There is no such thing as a meaningless life. What more can I do? We were meant to do this together. Uh, thank you, John, for your time today. We got five incredible stories from John O'Leary, the story <laughs> of your childhood, uh, the story of the two doctors, story of your relationship with your dad and just a, a special time it's been uh, and just making memories with him and the story of your mom, the question that she asked that was uh, so powerful in your life, do, do you want to live? And um, in the Jack Buck story, everybody needs a Jack Buck. And I appreciate, again, the way that you honor people. I appreciate your perspective, your heart for others. I appreciate your heart for the Lord, for Jesus, uh, for being a, a strong person of faith that's leading so many people in that direction. Um, I want to close this way because there's more people that want more stories. And we only have so much time. And you're a busy guy with things to do. Um, where can they find you, John? If they want to learn more about John O'Leary, if they want to get more of you, access to you, spend time with you, like how do they do that? So, dude, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a fortunate guy. I'm a blessed guy. I think we're all as busy as we choose to be. So one of the cool things and the reason why I encourage folks, if they ever desire to go to these websites is because I'm available. Like today, I'm visiting with a little girl who we read about who was in a fire and really just struggling mightily. So I met her about a month ago and she's got nobody and she's 14. Okay. But, but Jack Buck showed up for me and in doing so not once, cause I think anybody can do it once. It changed my life. And so I'm, I'm coming back in the world. It's a three hour drive, man, but I'm, I'm going to go down to visit her today. And we're just going to have lunch together and have a milkshake and just hang out and do life together. And it's not going to be the, the second. And then we're done. 
it's going to become a relationship. And if, if ever I can help you in your life, in your business, with your family, in your community, if there's someone struggling, go to my website. This is a cool way to stay in touch. It's called johnolearyinspires.com. So johnolearyinspires.com. And on the website, you can learn about the books. It's, one's called On Fire. One's called In Awe. You can learn about our podcast. I've got a, a podcast called Live Inspired with John O'Leary. We just bring on cool folks who have got remarkable stories to share. So check that out, the Live Inspired podcast with John O'Leary. And then we've got this, this mission outreach where <laughs> you sign up for the Monday morning newsletter. And then if ever there's a need in your backyard, you hit reply. And yesterday I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, doing some mission work. Today, we're going to be down in Southwest Missouri, hanging out with some folks. Like our job is to say yes. Mm. Just we want to serve. So uh, let's stay in touch. Let's not make it just uh, in, in, it's an inspirational 40 minutes. Let's continue to do life together afterwards. So go to John O'LearyInspires.com. Well, we have a bunch of people who are going to reach out to you. Uh, for our listeners, there's the invitation. Um, thanks for being available, accessible. And um, John, I look forward to more work together. I know there's stuff that we're going to do together. And I look forward to leaning into more of your content. I love your newsletter. Uh, I love the books. I love your message. I love all that you stand for. Special shout out to our mutual friend, Chris Norton, for connecting us. Even though I followed you all these years, it was Chris that sent an email that said, you guys got to connect and record a conversation. So I love that brother. And uh, I'm starting to really love you, man. So uh, again, um, thanks Aim for higher. some of your, your busy time. Aim on higher, us. Jordan. Stay with Chris. Don't come down to the level of O'Leary, man. So okay, for those who don't know Chris Norton, I'm sure you've done a podcast with him, Jordan. Chris Norton is one of the greatest human beings and overcomers and examples you will ever read, meet, or hear about. So um, when you see your brother, Chris Norton, tell him that O'Leary loves him and, and keeps him in his prayers, man, because I respect his bride, their children, their life, their mission, and the way they move forward. Chris and Emily are special. You're special. And uh, this was just an incredible episode. I'm standing here with our producers and, and he's like taking notes and he's <laughs> jacked up. I'm jacked up. I've been crying, laughing. This has been such a special hour. God bless you, brother. Be great. Be well. Thank you again one more time for spending time with our friends. We really appreciate it. Hey, dude. If you, hey, if you're like, oh, wow, that was inspirational. Uh, now I'm going to watch the Hallmark Channel. Wrong. Now you're <laughs> going to grab your journal and you're going to write down five words. And they're not John O'Leary. The five words are, what more can I do? And tonight before slumbering, you're going to answer it. And I don't care where you, where you want to focus on your health, your finances, your faith, your neighbor, your bride, your girlfriend, your boy, anywhere you want, answer it. And then tomorrow, take action. And then tomorrow evening, ask it again. Well, man, what more can I do? Okay, cool. Then do it. Watch what happens when you do this for five days. Then watch what happens when you do it for a, a full week, all seven days, and then a month and then beyond, man. Uh, it will change the trajectory of your business, of your life, and of our global community. So please just be bold, stay faithful, and know, contrary to what our dear friends on the media on the left and right say, the best days are in front of us. Okay, so God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. God bless you, brother. Be well. What more can I do? Exclamation point, question mark. Be go. well, be great. Keep Thanks, pressing on. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And I just want to, again, extend my sincere thanks for spending time with us today. There's other things that you could be doing. You don't have to tune into this podcast. You made a choice today to grow and get better. And I uh, just want to honor that um, for the people listening. I um, also just want to give a special shout out to John O'Leary. John, thanks for sharing your heart, your message, your story 
with our audience today and more importantly with the world. You are such an inspiration to so many people. And finally, want to give a thanks to our producers, uh, James Roth, John Choate of Storyline Multimedia. Uh, your dynamite, all the work that you do behind the scenes. You guys are fantastic. Uh, if you enjoyed today's conversation, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you give it a rating, if you'd share it, if, you, if you'd like it, if you subscribe to the podcast episode in an effort that we might move our mission of impact forward with more people. It helps the exposure and the visibility. We certainly appreciate it. Be well, be great, have an amazing day, and until next time, goodbye.